Step Right Up, It's Nailed, a halo-by-halo journey through the music of Nine Inch Nails. I'm Blake. I'm Jessica. And I'm being more energetic, (laughs) I've decided. I can't start this with low energy. Yeah. Who's going to want to listen? Can't be low energy, Blake. (sighs) Low energy failing, Blake. Um, This is With Teeth Part 3. Did I get that right? That's right. And we're doing, talking about only... Getting smaller. See if we can do this off the top of our head. Sunspots. Home. That's it. That's it. Right? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And this edition, we do home. In this house, we do home. (laughs) Because we are trying to do a more uh, comprehensive uh, study of the album that includes the song you can only get on the vinyl or... As I just learned, the Japanese or UK versions of the CD had it as a bonus track. Or if you have the hand that feeds 10-inch picture disc, it's on that too. Yes. Anyway, those are the four songs. This is a nice crop of songs. One of them is a single with its own halo only. So we won't go in-depth on only on this episode. We'll focus on the other three and go in-depth. On Halo 20. Yep. <laughs> for only. Just trying to think what number it was. Now that we're getting higher up, I'm going to lose count of these Halos really easily. Oh, same. We're going to venture into... Past 20? I don't know what the <laughs> hell is what. I have memorized up to, up to like, you know, 18. <laughs> um, Do we have any 9-inch news? No. I don't think so. I just wanted you to play the little stinger. I can. Hang on. Stinger. Get it. So everything is in the news today. Jess said she wanted me to play the Nine Inch News stinger, which was a funny pun she made. Because mm. I think this is the only news we have, and it's pretty minor news. It's very non-news. It's not news at all. But news item. I was, I'm trying to make more puns. Should we get down to business? <laughs> There was a trailer for some movie about a beekeeper. I keep in my mind. It's a Jason Statham okay, movie. It is Jason Statham action yeah. movie. Mm-hmm. I, in my mind, I'm imagining Kevin James being a, in a beekeeper's uniform. That would be a funnier movie. Anyway, the trailer has a version. Let's call it a version of Head Like a Hole. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, head like a hole back in the popular consciousness, I guess. Beekeeper. Beekeeper makes me think. I mean, I I know nothing about this movie or the plot at all. Nothing about the premise. I think it's about a beekeeper who kicks ass. The beekeeper sounds like a prestige film about. Yeah. I don't know. No, that would be called the beekeeper's wife. Set on like wife. a farm. Oh, I guess the beekeeper's wife. The beekeeper's wife. wife. Yeah. <laughs> or. <laughs> um. Do you like this whole thing of? We're going to take a pop song and a movie trailer and kind of sim- symphonifies it. Is that a word? We're going to we're going to make it uh we're going to make it cinematic and put Hans Zimmer's orchestra behind it mm. and rework it. I mean, but is it, this something that's done commonly? Yes. Oh. I don't really go to a lot of movies or watch a lot of trailers, so I haven't noticed it as you, a trend. The last trend I noticed in movie trailers was probably like Inception era when everyone had that. Yeah, I know. 
Yeah. Movie trailers, I I don't think I like at all because they all have to be exactly the same. Mm -hmm. They just have this formula and they all do it. And it's like everyone's too afraid to venture one Mm. inch away from that. We saw a preview that paid like homage to older trailers recently. Okay, yeah. There are exceptions that are good. But uh, now I'm trying to think of another. Okay, I remember it was Avengers Age of Ultron. (laughs) And they took the Pinocchio song, I've Got No Strings, and um, yeah, this is how dumb it is, and made it dramatic, orchestral. Wait, for real? I'm fucking, we're playing it. It's it's obscene. Th- this is probably when I stopped liking this trend, and now I, it's just hard to hear. I'm not even totally sure how much I like this head like a whole version. <laughs> it's just because I don't like this trend. They also, it, I think it goes all the way back to social network. I was about um, to say the social network yeah. uh, radio head. Describe what that is while I find this clip. Uh, all I remember is it was kind of a weird uh, trailer that had a choir singing a cover version of Creep. That was Creep. <laughs> I said that funny. Mm. That played a cover version of Creep and uh, or sang a cover version of Creep. And it was... Uh, slow and haunting and drawn out if i remember correctly yeah mm-hmm. it was like what if creep was like creepier and more <laughs> serious i mean we really got to get across that mark zuckerberg is an asshole so yeah let's see if this is the one there's eight thousand trailers for this eight-year-old movie you're all puppets tangled in strings there it is. No. No. Why? Just why? Why is this necessary? I don't know. Look, we're not a movie trailer podcast. Yeah. Anyway, we have but to... But that gets an F. <laughs> that gets no <laughs> inches. Two thumbs down. Zero inches. But we'll have to get back on topic before people tune off. All tune right. off? Turn off? <laughs> tune off. Tune out? Turn on? Turn off? Sorry. Right. Okay, that's Nine Inch News, I guess. <laughs> What's the first thing we have to talk about? Only, but we're going to save the deep research. So Only. I thought we could just jam out for okay. a second. Let's listen to Only and give our, can we give our first initial reactions? I mean, I guess. I mean, I've heard this song. I mean, yeah, times, yeah, I know. So. We've heard it before, but I just want us to give some initial takes before we do the deep dive to wet people's whistle, you know? Okay. Okay. Here's Only. I do love these drums. I do. And my first thought is, thank God with teeth is over. (laughs) (laughs) Our long national nightmare is over. (laughs) I do love that synth. Tinkly piano playing by Trent. This is definitely Nine Inch Nails. Extremely dirty bass, which I think is on every single song of With Teeth. So 
more of it. I'm becoming less defined as days go by, fading away. Well, you might say I'm losing focus, kind of drifting into the abstract. So he's rapping again. Ta- sing talking. Sing talking, yeah. It doesn't really sound like rapping to me. It's just nah. more like. I mean, that's definitely singing right there. Sometimes a mixture of singing and talking. But a little bit throwback to Down In It. About fitting into the world. Your world, that is. Because it doesn't really matter. Ooh, love that. That is probably the coolest scent from the song. like guitar or Evo, whatever that is. Cool Trent vocal effects where his voice is going all over the place. Affected in different ways. I like how this verse is really long. It's really long. It's like... Takes a while to get to that chorus. Yeah, and that's on purpose, I'm sure. They make you wait for it. Yes, it did. Do you like that funky little guitar on the right? Did you ever hear the radio cut of this? Where they have to take out all the... I have fucks? not, actually. It's kind of awkward. Okay. I'll, I should just play it. Uh, I'll play the chorus of it after this. tambourine i think yep starts there it is tambourine is also something that's in nearly every song on this album and when he says the tiniest little dot caught my eye down in it fans are like right they're pointing at the dot squealing uh, guitar going nuts too the song's really simple in a way in some ways also this is another one that's just uh well, it's first chorus, first chorus, but it's really long verse, mm-hmm. chorus, then a shorter, more normal length verse, chorus it, again, and then it ends. And it fades. It's a fade out. It's a fade mm-hmm. and a sort of fade into getting smaller. Mm-hmm. But there's a bunch on this album that are verse, chorus, verse, chorus, and 
outro type thing. He was like, let's just a, make a rock a, record, guys. Get in, get out. It's a simple structure album, but I like how he does make it more interesting with things like an abnormally long verse that makes you wait for it, you know? Mm-hmm. Or really weird synth sounds or yeah. whatever. Uh, let's see if I can find the censored cut. With teeth, kids bop. <laughs> Has there ever been a Nine Inch Nails kids bop track? No, surely not. <laughs> I want kids bop to do closer. They can sing I Want to Love You Like an Animal like Maxwell did on his cover. Oh, my God. <laughs> Radio edit. Clean. Yes, it did. You only hear the king. Uh, there is no king you. There's Who's no way I would, I would ever figure out what he's saying there if I heard that on the radio. Right. No way. I, I do remember hearing that one on the radio. Maybe he was saying ducking. Mm. Mm-hmm. He, he predicted the iPhone. <laughs> yeah, I remember them playing. When they finally were done playing in the hand that feeds, they played only, maybe not quite as often, mm. on the local butt rock channel. Cock rock? You could probably call it both things. I would say butt rock. Because eventually, like, the alternative stations started playing all that post-grunge crap. And new metal. Oh, they they very much were at the time. So that's only, but we'll get into it more later. Mm-hmm. Do you want to talk about getting smaller? Yes. Okay. I don't really have a lot, and I feel really bad. Um, it's okay. There's not a lot out there about these songs. Um, drums, Grohl provided the drums for getting of smaller. Course. This track was leaked in 2005, along with The Line Begins to Blur and The Hand That Feeds. Do you remember hearing this? I remember the leak. I think I talked about it mm-hmm. maybe in an intro episode. didn't know if you remembered hearing. I do. I remember. Getting the, smaller. Yeah, I remember it because I was like, holy shit, this like is really like going way harder in a rock sense than I'm used to with Nine Inch Nails. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was pretty cool. Because it's just so aggressive and exciting and loud and fast. It's really fast. It is really fast. Would you describe it as the poppiest track on With Teeth? No. Pitchfork did. <laughs> Pitchfork is fucking... Uh, on an album with The Hand That Feeds, a basically a bubblegum pop song about George Bush. <laughs> they're calling this one the poppiest. It's like a... It's related to punk more than it is pop. I mean, it's pretty polished in a way, but... Yeah, it's influenced by that punk and post-punk stuff. Let me see if I can find right? the actual quote. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, Getting Smaller, the record's poppiest track, comes <laughs> off as a faster-paced cousin of Pixie's Planet of Sound, with a per-ubu quote thrown in for you hipster cats. Hey, at least they caught that, because I didn't catch it until wait until you told me. There you go. Anyway, I just went through all the reviews that I had to see if anyone talked about this song, because it seems like the song is... A weird one uh, Mm -hmm. because of a certain lyric that people like to laugh at um, or make fun of. And I I think it's just because of the imagery because it never really bothered me at all. It makes a lot of top five cringiest lyrics lists. But it's not even his lyric. Anyway. I know. We we went over that. (laughs) 
I think it's a funny image, so I think that maybe that is why people are kind of like, eh, about it. All I can think is, we're talking about flip-flop, right? Mm -hmm. All I can think is Trent doing the Kermit the Frog. (laughs) His arms are going... Well, yeah. Flapping back and forth. Can you make your arms flip-flop? Maybe if they had no bones, Mm. I could do the Kermit. I wish I could... Like just, you know who do a fl- limp noodle. Thing. We just watched uh, "Stop Making Sense" in the theater. Oh. the re- the re- remaster. Yeah, someone you can know- really make flippy floppy. You know what I mean? I mean, not only did they have the song called "Making Flippy Floppy," <laughs> um, his arms flip flopped for mm-hmm. some of those dances. Mm-hmm. His arms went nuts. Yeah, they were like he did this thing when he, especially when he's in the big suit. Mm-hmm. Where his arms kind of look like wet noodles. Mm-hmm. Kind of reminds me of like those uh, gas station figures. Or not gas station figures, but like the <laughs> like the the noodle people that peop- that that businesses put out front. What are they? The tube oh, people. Oh, the flailing tube man. Yeah. Um, inflatable tube man. Whatever. Yeah, you call I don't know it. what you call those guys. I'm sure there's a called. technical name, but inflatable tube man. Just the guy that's always outside entertain Mart wanting us to come by yeah. and use CD. <laughs> Maybe that's the – tell us what mental image you have when the flip-flop line comes up. And may, I bet a lot of people have the inflatable inflatable arm man. Mm-hmm. Or Kermit or, or like Kermit. A, or like a Muppet, like a Sesame yeah. Street. I know yeah. some people have already said Kermit. Jim Henson type Muppet. Right. And we have to imagine his head on a spring in addition to that. Oh. So his body's going fucking nuts. Unless you heard – Just just had a misheard lyric. It was only like the first couple times. Oh, can we circle back to the uh, uh, love is not enough? Because several of us, and I'm including me, heard wet towel on the floor, I believe. Tile. I know. (laughs) I know. I know. But I heard, I believe I heard wet towel on the floor, so cold it could sting. And several of our patrons said they heard towel on the floor. Oh. I th- the line is just the tile on the floor, right? Yeah, it's just the tile on the floor, so cold it can sting. I heard wet towel on the floor for whatever reason. And mm. so did a lot of us. You didn't, though? No. I, no, I heard something different, though, with Head on a Spring in this song. So I have okay. my own misheard that I don't think yeah. anyone else has ever mentioned. But right, because no one else heard it that way. I'm sorry. If you put it in context, obviously you know what it is. The first time I heard it, I was like, "What the hell?" And we'll talk about it when we talk about uh, the lyrics of of the song, or whenever we actually play the song. Uh But anyway, because I didn't have a lot about this, I kind of just went through reviews and pulled out what critics said about this track. Okay. Blender said. No less than country or classic rock, angsty techno pop turns out to be a perfectly good soundtrack for confronting middle age, as Reznor shows in his aches and painsy grumbles of the I'm starting to fade away pairing of only and getting smaller. He'll never stop being a therapy case, and he'll never lose his gift for making the recording studio an exquisite torture chamber. <laughs> Who's that review from? It was from Blender. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And then NME. Uh, just wrote, the bristling getting smaller as Queens of the Stone Age go with the flow is heard by Charlie Manson. Uh, uh, okay. I kind of hate when people write like that. Yeah, <laughs> but you don't anyway. need to do it. That sounds like a pitchfork style guide type writing. Um, yeah, maybe I hear the Queens of the Stone Age a little bit, but not that much. Not really. I I hear the Pixies thing more. Oh, Definitely. Were you going to talk about that? 
Oh, we talked about it on a bonus episode. I didn't think we were going to mention it here. Oh, that's right. Because I was like, oh, I should have pulled that clip, but I already did. Mm-hmm. Anyway, go listen to Planet go, of Sound by, the Pix- to by Pixies. Planet of Sound. Maybe I'll insert a clip. Because uh, I already have a clip made, so I'll drop it in later. anything else about this uh it was used in tony hawk's project eight. <laughs> oh my god i did not know that well now you do now you know so it's their most pop punk song ever mm-hmm. yes. in the tony hawk game tony hawk approved yeah it is interesting that two two sort of you could interpret them as midlife crisis type lyrics mm-hmm. help i'm disappearing as a person who's getting there it kind of hits. I'm, it kind of hits. I mean, I'm not worried about how relevant I am in the media because I never was. I wonder every day, every day I wake up and I keep hoping that there will be a New York Times like notification that's about me, but it never happens. I'm just kidding. That's a joke. I don't want to be I in hope, the media I hope at all. Not, I hope that I never happens. I don't want it to be for something bad, so I don't want it to it, Do you think it would only be for something bad? What if I, I finally wrote a novel? Okay. Well, yeah, yeah. Maybe you'd be in the New York Times book review. But do you think that they would send out a notification about my book to <laughs> do the they world? Do that about books? No. Maybe about like authors, like superstar authors, like J.K. Rowling or something. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> um, he continued the theme. I think I guess he had the midlife crisis for a while because, well, it wasn't that. It was only a few years later. Uh, the song Echoplex mm-hmm. is kind of kind of has the same lyrical theme, but if you know, you know. We'll get there. We'll get there in a few years when we get to Dushlip. All right, you want to play it? Let's play this MF. This is the most rock and roll opening that mm-hmm. Ben has ever had. Machine gun beat from Droll, the, from Droll, from Groll. <laughs> Dave Droll. Pretty cool little guitar line there. There it is. Oh, I can totally hear my misheard lyric. You're going to tell us after? Sure, it's not that funny. It's not as good as my body wants to say hello to you. No. Really blows up in the chorus. That guitar line is goes pretty hard. Really cool fills by Grohl as well. I like this coming up. Hang on. That right there. <laughs> Tambourine just came in. Gotta have it. More imagery about his arm coming up. Because <laughs> we didn't get enough. Oh, I kind of like that line delivery though. 
one of it's pretty like metal guitar riff kind of You know what we get in this song, though? A bridge. Here it is. A little change-up. I like it. I do like how the drum beat is not straightforward. It sounds like it's going to be, but it has this off-kilter kick and snare pattern. Right there. Another multi-trent, multi-harmony, um, ooh and ah, fade up, like we had in Just Like You Imagine, and a few other songs. A classic. This is really rock and roll. For Nin, it's a little bit different. In the left, <laughs> in the right, there he is. He's doing that in only too, going back and forth. But this is way more prominent. like how it ends there that's okay and just that's it good ending all right so the dumb misheard lyric was instead of i've got my head on a spring <laughs> mm-hmm. uh instead i heard i got my harem spring <laughs> it doesn't even what does that even mean i don't know it doesn't, yeah it doesn't make sense so that's what i heard the first time got my, okay got my harem spring mm-hmm it's like, is that like Hot Girl Summer? <laughs> harem, harem Spring. Harem spring. It's been over you and all your hot girls get together in the spring for brunch and then party up, that I should guess. Be, actually, let's, let's hashtag it. That should be a thing. Harem Spring. Yeah. Kind of like spring break. Not that interesting. So. I wish I had a Harem Spring. <laughs> you know what I mean? Okay. Well, if anyone else heard that, let us know. Maybe there's someone else out there. Yeah. Do you have any clips? Yes. Yes, I do. Some more of the guitar squealing from the intro. For this one, I wasn't able to get a lot of vocals tragically because i get the vocals from the 5.1 tracks and on this album they usually put trent's dry vocal in the center speaker for most of the songs the whole way through this song is different for some reason it doesn't put his vocal into the center speaker i guess it's just a mixed decision it it works fine they don't put it into the center by itself until the chorus, I guess, to amp it up for effect. So I do have some good chorus vocals anyway. I'm just a face in the crowd. 
Nothing to worry about. Not even trying to stand out. I'm getting a smile over and smile over and smile out. And I have nothing to say. It's all been taken away. I just behave and obey. I'm afraid I'm starting to fade away. Some really cool delay there. He goes very hard on the vo- on the vocal take, the delivery there. What do you think? Yeah, goes hard. <laughs> He's just really belting it, is what I'm saying. Um, guitars from the chorus. We heard something similar to that in the intro, but those, that's not the main line, but those come in halfway through the chorus to like augment it. Okay, had to get that tambourine that comes in verse two. Uh-huh. That simple as that. It's amazing what a little tambo can do for a song. I know. I was, I was looking at like how many songs in a row have tambourine nearly every song on the album i know the hand that feeds does not have it weirdly enough i don't think you know what you are has a tambourine collector might not love's not enough every day is exactly the same they do with teeth i'm pretty sure does only obviously does getting smaller does um beside you in time doesn't yeah i think after that maybe they don't so maybe i exaggerated a little but still a lot of songs do he just loves it what can i say uh so cool drone sounds on the bridge Of that like buzzing insect crescendo right up to the Beekeeper end. Beekeeper should have used this. What oh my thinking? god, it should have. I really like that actually. I think this this could have been used for like an entirely different type of song. But it's like underneath the like harmony vocal part, which they I couldn't get isolated, sadly. Okay, some vocals at the end that contain a guitar jump scare. So this is your warning. Okay. I titled this Jump Scare, so something is coming. Fading away! Fading away! Fading away! Fading away! My world is getting smaller every day, hey, 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 and that's okay. My world is getting smaller every day, hey, 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 and that's okay. My world is getting smaller every day, hey, 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 and that's okay. My world is getting smaller every day, hey, 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 that's okay. Yeah, sorry if that spooked you. I was okay. I was prepared, so... Okay, that's all I have for that one. That that song, I didn't... I mean, that song is just very, like, apparent and in your yeah, face. It feels we don't, very straightforward. Yeah. Like, there's not a lot of hidden... I If I, like, if... I don't... I couldn't get the drums isolated in, in those tracks, because they aren't. 
but if I heard them isolated, it I don't think it would bring anything to light. They're just so loud in the mix, and uh, they speak for themselves, as do uh, the guitar and bass parts, I think. Yeah. Did you want to talk about the lyrics more at all, or what you think the we, song is about, or do you just kind of um, I think I thought we kind of did yeah. already. I mean, like, I guess this is kind of about like what irrelevant as you age. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I have that fear a lot. Being, you know, a forty-one-year-old woman. It's. I think you could. Yeah. Mm. No. I. I know. I think you could also put it into the paranoid. Um, the paranoid anxiety songs. I mean, they all are. But that category, like, it, could this fit into the abandoned concept? Because he's talking about... It does about, a little bit. There are some lyrics that make me think about Bleed Through and he, that concept as well. There's the lyric in the bridge that's like, and now I can't tell the difference or know what to feel between what I've been yeah. trying hard, what I've been trying too hard to see and what appears to be real. Yeah. Some of this stuff sounds like stuff we hear in like right where it belongs. He says, they got a way of reading my mind. I mean, that's quite a paranoid thought. Plus, it sounds like we're getting seeds of, in some of this stuff of what we're going to get into in the next album. Mm -hmm. I think this is kind of a starting point, especially when you start to look at the unused lyrics on the big lyric poster. Mm -hmm. This is kind of like the beginning of an era, the beginning of the ARG era, maybe. <laughs> where everything becomes an alternate reality, multiple dimension um, game almost, where you find hidden pieces. Yeah. But it's paranoid and it's feeling ineffectual and impotent. Yeah. I mean, if your arms flip-flop, <laughs> you're feeling impotent. That's what that means, I think. Maybe? Maybe. And your if your head's, head's on, on a spring. You're like a jack-in-a-box who's trapped mm. in a little box. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I haven't got you on my side. I haven't got fucking anything. So he's lost it all. Do you know my sister was like terrified of Jack of Jack in the Boxes? They're, they were the first jump scare. Jack's Did you know in the that? Box? Maybe it's Jack's in the Box. What? They invented the jump scare. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And it terrified my sister. They gave, <laughs> they gave a, a generation of, of uh, mm -hmm. two-year-olds heart attacks. It's true. Early. But our... The Jack in the Box my mom would torment my sister with was, um, I think it was a little old and deformed and maybe a dog had gotten a hold of it Ugh. and like eaten, like, Ugh. I think it was a Bugs Bunny Jack in the Box and like its ears were missing or <laughs> oh something. Oh my God. And my mom would just take it out and like slowly torment my sister. I never Ugh. saw this because I wasn't born yet, but I've been told the the Jack in the Box stories. Yeah, that sounds so, horrifying. Yeah. My family, they're great. <laughs> So live uh, for Getting Smaller, before we move on to Sunspots, it made its live debut March 25th, 2005. Um, was kind of a set list rarity during the Live with Teeth tour. And according to NIN Wiki, it has not been played since Lights in the Sky tour. It's crazy because it, it seems kind of like a no-brainer. Oh, this one would go so hard live. And it's short. Like you could really cram yeah. it in, you know? Yeah. And it's just like built for a rock band. It's really high energy. Really high energy. It'd be a way to pump up the crowd. So, I mean, they did play it for a while yeah. there, but I can kind of see why they didn't keep it, you know, forever, keep it around forever. I'll wait until we get to the, the live, the live uh, 
video. Okay. Live DVD. Okay. To uh, say more. Okay. Sunspots. Sunspots. Right. Everyone's favorite song on With Teeth. Apparently, though, today I learned that some people thought it was a guilty pleasure for a very long time and that no mm. one else liked it. Everyone was afraid to say they loved it until it was played live. <laughs> and it was not played live for an obscenely long time. I'll let you get to that at the yeah, end. Yeah, we'll talk about that later. I don't know. I'd never had any... Like I said, I'm a, a, a latter half person. Stan. That's right. I'm a latter half Stan. And so... Um, we're getting into that. We're getting the thick of it. And into that good stuff. It's really good. But I... We can talk more about um, interpretation of the song. And, and you do you consider it a sister song to With Teeth? Absolutely. And I, mm-hmm. I already talked about how if you put a really straightforward beat on With Teeth, it would sound just like the Sunspot's lesser-liked brother or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think also the uh, interpretation of the lyrics is also kind of the same as With yeah. Teeth, but maybe not as I would, bad. I would say With Teeth... It, it's still using a, a woman as a... They're, they're both about, yeah, using the woman metaphor, mm-hmm. but I'd say With Teeth leans more to the drugs side and Sunspots leans more to the sex side. Maybe? Am I wrong well, there? Well, you can interpret it probably either way. Is it a song about addiction and drugs where the woman is still... Yeah. This woman, this person who turns him on, makes it real. Or is it a lust kind of song? Like, it what is it? It sounds more lusty to me, but I could see how you can interpret it both ways. However... It could mean both. We you don't could, know. One could say two songs where we have the woman as drug metaphor. Um, yeah, you would be correct in saying that's a bit much on the same album. But also, he could be doing a, like, the with teeth is the bad side of it mm-hmm. and the sunspots is the good side it's of it. It's the fun side of it. It's the <laughs> sexy side of it. Like it's the uh this, what makes it attractive, right? It yeah. makes you feel good. With with teeth we're just hearing about the bad shit. Mm-hmm. And how he can't go through this again. We don't have that kind of agonizing on sunspots. I mean there's a little bit like towards the end, like I some of the lyrics yeah, I mean, there go towards a darker side. Right. There's no Nine Inch Nails song that's just all cheery, True. obviously. Like, can't we just have a fuck song without any darkness in it? Definitely not. Oh, because okay. <laughs> he's not like, uh, who's someone who writes fuck songs? Um, he's uh, he's not the Isley Brothers. The Weeknd? Yeah, he's not The Weeknd. He's got to put. Some stuff about self-loathing in there, like what closer. Is it, what are the kids fuck to? Probably some like R and B that we don't even Drake? know about. Pro, oh, God forbid. Mm. Live drums, girl, or uh, droll, as Blake said earlier. Dave droll. Can, can I say on that? Dave girl, sorry. When it starts and just kind of the main verse beat sounds very sequenced mm. to me and not real at all. Although some. Uh, that when it gets to the chorus, that's when it sounds like Grohl to me, and especially when he's doing like fills. So I think it's a combination. Okay. But I want to talk about, there's a certain sound, and I'm sure you're going to play clips of it in your clips corner, but there's a sound that's very uh, loved mm. amongst Nine Inch Nails fans. People describe it as sounding like a blender, maybe sounding like a vacuum cleaner. I bet there are people who are annoyed by it. I bet okay. it can't be universal universally beloved okay well it's beloved by me <laughs> i might i think i 
Well, I might have had a love-hate relationship. No, I never hated it. But I love it. It's so interesting. The, and it's The vacuum so cleaner cool. synth. There was a time recently when I was like, I bet you could do a version of this song without the va- where you remove that altogether, that synth, and it would be a great rock song. But today listening, I was like, that would actually take away a lot of its uniqueness and character. Mm-hmm. So it's probably best to keep that in. Yeah. So... I want to talk about how Reznor got that sound. And most people won't believe me when I say it was with a Hoover, but it was with a Hoover, just a run-of-the-mill uh, $65 Hoover vacuum at uh, Walmart. I heard it was a Dyson. <laughs> he didn't have money for a Dyson. He didn't have his credit card on him. He only had like... Mm, those aren't cheap. Yeah. Uh, no. Okay. Obviously, that's not true. And that was also a dumb joke, and I'm sorry. No, that's funny. I'm, <laughs> I always imagine... Atticus, like just vacuuming like Atticus a rug, hoovering in around the studio. <laughs> studio. Yeah, but uh, this is what Reznor said in Remix Magazine on getting that sound. He said, "I believe we did that with the French Connection, which is a CV keyboard player based on the Martineau." And we'll talk about the Martineau in a second. There's some really cool stuff I learned. We'll talk about, about it. how I pronounce it. <laughs> Essentially, it's got a wire control with a ring on it. So you put your finger in that. I love this thing. And you've got a keyboard right above it. So the wire acts almost like a theremin, but it just sends out continuous CV. That's, should I say what that is? Yes. That's control voltage, Jess. Ah, okay. So you can choose to either play it from the keyboard or from the ring, and it's difficult to get it right. That's another example of something that lends itself to performance instead of MIDI recording. You try it, and you realize that you're off a little bit. It's tough to do, but it does give you a very distinct performance. I think its origins were back in the days of trying to take the idea of a synthesizer and making it an expressive instrument that's not just locked into an organ-type keyboard in very strict intervals. I love that that thing. I want one. Yeah, so... The Martineau that he's talking about, and I believe you pronounce it, my French isn't very good, guys. This is how, okay, can I say how the Ozarkian uh, <laughs> said it? This is how I've always said it in my head. Yes. Andes Martinot. <laughs> I never, I mean, I don't think I ever talked about it out loud. Well, no, I know. Until yeah. now. We live in an area that has a lot of uh, areas that are named French terms, but oh, they're very God. Ozarkian. For example, there's a For example, city... the word Ozarks. <laughs> there's a, uh, a small city named, well, it's, it's Versailles, yeah. but it, it's Versailles. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, but they say Versailles. There's also a city called, well, anyway, I'm not going to say it. So. What? Is it, how would you say? Bodark? Well, Bodark. Would it be Bois? Bois <laughs> I don't. I don't speak French at all. But they call it Bodark, but it yeah. has an X in there. And one time I worked with a dude at Barnes & Noble, and uh, we used to have to handwrite. This was a zillion years ago. We used to have to, if someone wanted a special order a CD, we had to write up a slip. How did I slip into? And we had a form. And at the end of the night before we closed, I would have to fax the forms to Ugh. our distribution center so they could send us these special orders. Oh, my God. But I remember I, was, I came in like for a closing shift, and I was looking at the forms. And my uh, my friend who worked in the news department with me had wrote Bodark and spelled it B-O-D-A-R-C-K. <laughs> That's how it should be. Yeah, I mean. Amazing. Yeah, I mean, he did it as a joke. He knew how it was spelled, uh, okay. but he was just being funny. Okay. So the Martinot. Martin the Martinot. So 
The French Connection is based upon this instrument called the An Martineau, and uh, I was actually very fascinated by it as I was researching last night. And it was created by Maurice Martineau. What a good French name. Maurice? Is this like more than 100 years ago? This is like no, one of the oldest. No, it was cent- not because oh, he no? died like in the 80s. It was invented in 1928. Okay, that's for... One okay, of the, I guess it was almost the, 100 years ago. One of but, the <laughs> earliest synthesizers. Yes. Uh, up there with the theremin for oldest. Yeah. So he was inspired by the accidental overlaps of tones between military radio oscillators. And he also wanted to create an instrument with the expressiveness of the cello. I'm reading this right from Wikipedia. This is genius. And mm-hmm. the way you move your finger up and down the the uh, wire gets that uh, expression. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, he was inspired whenever he was a radio operator, operator during World War One. So he died in 1980. And after that, I mean, there's not a lot of... He was old as hell. <laughs> there aren't a lot of these instruments out there. I believe in the 80s when his son kind of took over, uh, there were a few more that were made. Because I think he I think he almost built all of them himself. I'm not sure. Something or he like was that. involved heavily with the... Yeah, these are definitely handcrafted devices. Yes. And you should... I got a lot of information for this from a really cool video on YouTube called... Well, actually, I'm not going to say what it's called. Hold on. Yeah, I know the video. (laughs) I will in a minute. But the French connection uh, that Reznor was talking about is it's based upon the On Martineau. So it was basically analog systems recreated it, kind of. There are some things that are still missing from it. It's not exactly the same, but it's basically the same like Uh, technique, the same. Right. But it's, it's important to note that it's just a controller. That um, sends signal to your synth rig. I'm I'm assuming they had it sending uh, CV to the modular synth rig um, to make the vacuum sound. And note, I I didn't say MIDI controller. It's it's a CV controller. Mm-hmm. Um, the ex- like the expressiveness between notes uh, is I guess made possible by the fact that it's control vo- voltage and not digital. MIDI signal, and that's like the whole reason to do this uh, type of part on that type of controller, rather than just uh, the usual method of using a MIDI controller. Well, um, this instrument is very, very rare to find if you're actually looking for an on Martin node. Here's a Radiohead and Nine Inch Nails connection for all the Nine Inch Nails and Radiohead Huge. stands out there. The overlap is insane <laughs> for the fans of these two bands. Johnny, and, yeah, Johnny Greenwood is a huge fan of the On Martino. Has used it a ton in yeah, Radiohead did. songs. Maybe was it starting with Kid A that he started incorporating it in? I Maybe I can't think of anything on OK Computer off the top of my head. Like, yeah, I, I but I feel like it was really prominent. Yeah. on Kid A in there's a lot of albums. Great, after. Yeah, there's so many great prominent parts played on that. He's really good at playing it. So he was afraid, though, of taking his rare <laughs> instrument out yeah. on tour, taking from what I've read. Stage. Yeah. Didn't want it on stage. Didn't want it to get damaged while touring or have something horrible happen to Stolen. it. 
So he actually worked with, um, from what I understand, he worked with analog systems and commissioned them to make the French connection. Yeah, that's what I saw. And that's what he uses when he's on tour is the French connection. It's, it's genius, really. Yeah. And that is what Reznor used to make the sound on So thanks sunspots. to Johnny Greenwood, mm-hmm. we have the Sunspots vacuum cleaner sound. That's right. It's all thanks to Johnny Greenwood. And if you want more information on that or just want to know how this works, there's a video on YouTube, obviously, called uh, How Johnny Saved the Ond Martineau. And you can find it on David Bruce Composer channel. Um, It had some cool, like, a little brief clips of Johnny being interviewed about why he likes this instrument and Mm -hmm. uh, demos of people playing it and then tells you how it was made and gets more into detail about things that I don't understand but I find completely fascinating about how the instrument works. It's a cool I video. love little history of synth mm-hmm. video. You should also yeah. check out synth history. Yeah. Anyway, I also talked about dead instruments, which was something I found fascinating Ooh. and never really thought about was how like when a creator of an instrument dies and if the instrument isn't like has cult popularity or some kind of people who are out there like using it. There's a lot of cool stuff like that out there, like the Mellotron and the Chamberlain. Cause they're like cousin instruments. I think the Chamberlain might have been the predecessor. Anyway. Anyway, I just thought that was. I just thought that was neat. You know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just think they're neat. I just think they're neat. Uh, do you want to play the song? Yes. At long last. Such a moody dark little bass line here. So you think this drum part right here is sequenced? It sounds like it. Could be some single hits done by Grohl. It's like sinister. The part is very sinister. A little plucked guitar comes in. Even that crash sounds so dark and sinister. Chorus is just falsetto vocal. Is this your favorite uh, Reznor falsetto work? I don't think so. He has a lot of amazing falsetto. First chorus, we don't get the uh, the synth part yet. We have to wait for that. Don't worry, it's coming though. It is coming in a big way, <laughs> and it once it comes, it doesn't go away. Some kind of humming, droning this is my favorite line some some of my favorite lyrics on the album probably are in this song Guitar riff is really cool. Oh, almost forgot about that. The catchphrase. It's back again. 
kind of get like a solo of the sound. <laughs> yeah, I love it. It's its own solo part. <laughs> so, so weird. It's kind of, I hear like a fifth harmony, I think. Got some oh, strong overtones there. That's definitely a growl fill. Yeah, sounds a lot, with the open hat, sounds a lot more organic on the course. rocks out. This might be one of my favorite parts on this whole album. Yeah. This is more than just an outro. It's a whole different set of lyrics that are delivered really um, aggressively. Really well. Those high guitars are cool too. This is almost like breaking when he goes up that high. Love that delay, that long delay on the sun too. And it ends as as simply as it began. Uh, do you have Sunspots. any clips for us? Clips, yes, I do. I'll start with some vocals. Sunspots cast a glare in my eyes. Sometimes I and a little of the guitar. I'm alive. I feel it coming and I've got to get out of its way. I hear it calling and I come cause I can't. there's some backup vocals on that I don't think I really noticed until I dug into it it's just kind of like a falsetto doubling of the main part it's really quiet in the mix I boosted it up a lot that's really cool yeah Um, and then that Speaking of falsetto, that chorus. She turns me on. She makes it real. I have to apologize for the way I feel. Also, on the upbeats you're hearing, there's like a a noise that like enhances the snare sound. <laughs> Almost makes it sound like a clap when Is you put them together. Is that what it together. was? Yeah, it's oh, like okay. on the snares. Listen. She turns me on. Ah. She makes it real. Yeah, it's just something that's added to the snare. It sounds better when it's all played together. But for some reason, it was in the center channel. Uh, just the chorus guitar. Very cool. 
verse two vocals and some other stuff. falsettos um i called the second part of verse to the sexy vocals so turn your speakers up okay peel off our skin we're gonna burn what we were to the ground fuck in the fire and we'll spread all the ashes around i wanna kill away the rest of what's left and i do yes i do Okay, some noises that you might not have known were there. It's like a flange thing. A synth sequence with really heavy flange on it, maybe. Okay, some chorus two vocals and more. She turns me on She makes me real I have to apologize Atticus is really cleaning back there He's getting that studio stick and span <laughs> And nothing can stop me now There's nothing to lot going on there that we'll we'll get into some of it i like that the second chorus is like doubled in length with extra lyrics including nothing can stop me now right after that we hear the the word here delayed echoed out and then you know i had to get the vacuum synth the French connection by itself. Cool, right? <laughs> Way cool. In the starting in the well, toward the end, the guitar chorus riff is doubled with what sounds like a synth part to, like, beef it up. I dig that. Thumbs up. Um, that squealy guitar toward the end. And then the vocals at the end. Oh, 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 oh. 
Chris Tambourine. I just want to say that people need to stop staring into the sun so much. It's not good. It's not it's good not for your advisable. eyes. You too did it in the nineties. It's not good. You too did it. There was a song called "Staring at the Sun." Oh. Do you not remember that from Pop? I don't. I, I never really cared um, about you too. Well, anyway, sorry. That was probably my favorite single from that album. I did want to say I love how uh, the delay on the word "sun" is so extreme at the very end there. And that's all I got for sunspots. Nice. I do want to talk about the live performance of sunspots. This is, to me, one of those better live songs. So it made its live debut on June 21st, 2022 at Brixton Academy, London. Only a little over a year ago. No. Oh, sorry. <laughs> 17 years too late or not too late. 17 years later. Yeah. So I uh, reached out on Discord and I asked some of our uh, patrons who were there if they wanted to share their experience about seeing the live debut of Sunspots. But also, we were at the live American debut at Red Rocks. So pretty no lucky. Big, no big whoop. Was hoping for that. No, I I was kidding. That was a joke. It's not as big of a whoop as the Brixton. Was it the uh, back-to-back American debut of Sunspots and Everything? And Everything, yeah. We'll talk about that. Pretty, because... That was a pretty intense crowd moment. Yeah, one of our patrons shared it. Yeah. I can't remember if I... Earlier, I can't remember what I said about tambourine, and but there did, in fact, turn out to be tambourine at the end of Sunspots. You know what? It wasn't super prominent. Yeah, it's a little lower in the mix, but you can hear it. When you I, can hear it whenever you were playing yeah. those. But yeah, I don't think I know. It's, yeah, it's there. That's what matters. Okay. So I posted it though last night at nine. So I think most of our overseas friends were in bed or getting ready for work whenever mm-hmm. I posted it. But should I start with the Red Rocks crew or should I start with people who were over there who actually saw it? Start chronologically with the people who saw it okay. in the UK. So I think there were two people who responded who were in the UK, and one of them is Stacy. Shout out. And Stacy sent me a direct message. She said, This was my very first Nine Inch Nails concert, and I was so excited leading up to the night. Everything had just debuted at the Glasgow gig, so my anticipation was at an all time high that this might be performed at Brixton. I understand that not everyone likes that track, but I really love it. Me too. Lo and behold, they actually performed it, and I died and went to heaven. (laughs) There was a definite buzz in the audience for that one. When Sunspots came on, I have to admit that I didn't appreciate the significance of it at the time, as I had no idea that they hadn't performed it before. Oh, damn. Yeah. I can't say I noticed the crowd going nuts or anything like that, but their performance was great, and I loved it. The lighting was perfect, and it was all very sexy, even the vacuum cleaner (laughs) parts. The sexiest part. When Atticus busted out the mover. (laughs) 
That night was so special to me, and it remains one of the best nights of my life. I feel so privileged to have seen this gig. It was amazing. Yeah, I wish I was there for that. And then I believe Jacob also posted about it because he was at the gig. Jacob said, I was there. Absolutely electric moment. I remember there being a brief, like, 0.5 second silence while everyone was just realizing what was happening. <laughs> so there you go. I think those are the only two people who saw the the Brixton debut. Yeah. Um, now, our American buddies who were at Red Rocks, the Red Rocks crew. Shout out. <laughs> it's more than a year ago now. I know. Isn't that weird? But shout out to the people who said hi. <laughs> Rooker said, I don't even remember them playing it. I can't remember shit. <laughs> he's, he's canceled for that one. Sorry. I don't think he knew he was at a Nine Inch Nails show. <laughs> he's like, is this no effects? Where am I? And Asher said, I was extremely excited, but my mom couldn't care less. She doesn't even like sunspots at all. I think she would have had a better time if everything in Sunspots were, were replaced with, like, something I can never have and all-time low or most other Nine Inch Nails songs. Those songs have been played a lot already, though. I just picked two of her faves. I think Jack chimed in. Okay, so Jack replied and said, I came everywhere. Ten out of ten moment. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, he continues, and then I shouted everything after Sunspots finished, and then they actually played <laughs> everything, and the guy next to me thought I was Jesus. <laughs> he definitely manifested mm -hmm. it. Our friend Resner Audio said, I would have told you to yell, we're in this together next. <laughs> and Jack replied with, I tried yelling deep a few times later that night, and it didn't work. I think he lost faith in me. He got greedy with deep, I must say. <laughs> Can you imagine if he started playing like, deep? Here's deep for no good reason. Yeah. Oh, and uh, Resner Audio said it was one of the moments that really made it worth traveling all the way over there for. I enjoyed seeing those people as well. But yeah, yes, that was totally I enjoyed awesome. everyone. But yeah, it was really cool. I loved hearing Sunspots live and everything. I hope everything I was really excited I, for. I just felt lucky that we got to be there. And for we them. also had the one-two punch of I'm Afraid of Americans followed by fashion. Right. That was just mind-blowing. Yeah. yeah. That was really, really cool. Uh, good covers there. So another song we saw that night. Wait. Oh, Home? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was the same night. Oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> that, that night was, was crazy. That night was buck, <laughs> buck wild. <laughs> so uh, Home, you want to talk about it? Yes. Hey, guess what? I don't have a lot of info about it. That's okay. We already know it's not on your CD. It's not, not. on your 5.1 DVD either, sadly. Mm -mm, no. I wish there was a surround mix of it. Yeah. We already talked it's available in a lot of international versions and uh, the hand that feeds 10-inch picture disc. Um, live drums on it are Jerome. So Jerome, Jerome did it. but hitting them like his life depended on it. Yeah. And it, and it shows. Yep. Uh, do we want to play the song? Yeah. This is another bleed through y kind of theme song. This is another off kilter beat, and I'm not gonna lie, the first time I ever heard this song. 
like with teeth, I had the rhythmic displacement again, and I was thrown off, and I was like, oh no, not again. <laughs> I was panicking. Now, though, I, I can get right into the groove, and I really like it. synthesizer no it's not synthesizer free i take that back but we hear some real bass guitar drum, live drum when that high guitar goes down right there i think that's when the song really gets good for me when it falls into place. I'd agree with that. I, yeah. I have mixed feelings on the high whiny guitar at the beginning. Now we're hearing kind of like a gliding bass synth. In addition to the bass guitar, I guess. There's something like clinky in there too. I can't tell if it's a guitar pluck or a keyboard. have a pretty little bell sound follows the vocal melody there. It kind of sounds like his voice is cut off in that part too. This is yet another Verse, chorus, verse, chorus, and then we just get the drum outro, and that's it. So that structure strikes again. A little over three minutes. And we're just left with the, the world's boomiest drums <laughs> from Jerome there. But pretty, pretty, that one's different. Yeah, it hits different. I still feel a lot of uh, bleed-through elements yeah. in this, right? Like, I awake to find I'm not where I should be. It's hard to figure out what's real and what's pretend. Yeah. Someone was saying that uh, reminded them of, I think it was a patron, Hannah, uh, reminded them of something similar, something like um, And All That Could Have Been, the Still song. But I can kind of hear where they're semi-related. They have a kind of vulnerable feeling to them. A lot of, even despite the huge booming drums, there's a lot of softness to the vocal and guitar and vulnerability. Don't quote me on that, but I think, I think that's what she said. You know uh, what's wild, though? I don't know when you first heard this song, but I did not hear this song until we got the 
definitive edition vinyl and heard it on that. Oh, really? Yeah. Had you heard it before? I think I looked it up on like YouTube. Or oh, okay. Listen to it that way. I just had never heard it, and I know some of our listeners are like waiting to hear it. I think some some We've are following from... along yeah, okay, if they yeah. haven't yeah, yeah, heard yeah. anything. Um, like so Jen. That, so if that was your first time. Congratulations. And you were talking over it the whole time. I kept wanting to say, stop talking. I thought, no, that's what we do. Oh, my God. Can you at least be quiet during the chorus? No. This is not a... It's Jen's birthday. Oh, my God. This is not a We Just Play Music podcast. It should be. Because that would get us copyright strikes. (laughs) Well, if we just come in every once in a while and... Anyway. No, 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 no. I got to talk over the whole thing. Why do you think this wasn't included on the CD? Like, why it, Why was it left off? You could make the argument it doesn't fit in that. It's, a, it's different from the feel of the rest of the album. It doesn't have the kind of in-your-face rock and roll song feel. It's got that, those drums. Yeah, though. I mean, those are really in your face. It's got, I think there's a lot of the same bleed-through themes, ties, and also addiction ties again. Yeah. And I think the two are very closely related because whenever you're using, I probably have talked about this before maybe, but whenever you're using drugs or any kind of, if you're drinking or taking substance. a gummy or whatever. Taking a gummy. It's like you're creating your own little world. <laughs> you mm. do feel safe and protected. And you do kind of go into a different. It's like an alternate reality because you're in yeah. an alternate state. So the way I mean, that you are absorbing things around you is going to be very different from someone who is sober. Yeah. I mean, think about what like denial is. Um, that's like being in a a different universe from everyone else where you believe something very strongly that is not right. And some people are eventually woken up from that and some uh, never are sadly, but maybe it has to do with that. I don't know. Maybe. I think thematically it fits, but I could see why maybe he, I just don't know why you'd put it on the vinyl, but not on the CD if it's an yeah. American pressing. Like, why not just put it on the CD too? Well, I'm saying it's kind of like with the fragile, maybe. It's like yeah. you, you can't decide. So you're just going to have it both ways with different formats. Yeah. Like those songs were maybe ones he was going back and forth on. Like, is it part of the album? Is it not? I mean, I can see how, like, Not So Pretty Now definitely doesn't fit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I mean, love it. I love Not So Pretty Now. I think I it's too. great. It almost, it's unlike any other, it's too early to talk about that song, but it's, yeah. it's unlike any other Nine Inch Nails, but also it is very Nine Inch Nails. It's mm-hmm. strange. This album is very strange. I feel like yeah. it's, it's an not, alternate reality Nine Inch Nails Yeah, even. And it's definitely a... One of these things is not like the other album where it stands out as sounding different. And it's the beginning of like a new, obviously beginning of a new era, but I feel like his his soundscapes and recording styles were never as complicated as he made them when he was younger and making the fragile and downward spiral. Yeah. Like we never really have gotten an album like no. those since. They've all been kind of more... He's ch- I don't want to say with teethy, but there's more of... Well, even more like stripped down, mm-hmm. sim, a more simple approach than the 
agonizing, fragile approach. Mm-hmm. And that is probably just his change in headspace. Yeah, that's a change uh, in as a person. Yeah. But with teeth was like a, I feel like it's a transitional jumping off point to mm-hmm. the the latter half of your career. Yeah. His career. Um. Okay. What else about home? I don't have anything else. I like it. I have kind of mixed feelings on it. Some people call it God tier. Uh. Yeah, I don't know, Becca. I actually really like it once there's the change in the guitar note. It's weird. Maybe I'll get shit for this, but from the beginning, that guitar makes me think I'm going to get a different kind of song mm-hmm. than I'm going to get. Although the song we get, I still like, but it, it's almost like the note is clashing a little bit. I know he always does like the dissonant, you know, tense notes and harmonies. But for some reason, once the guitar note transitions down, it's just like, oh, this is much better. Mm-hmm. I don't know that we needed that that high note in the beginning at all. Although it's all it's just such a recognizable part of the song that what would it be without? I don't know. I don't know. Probably my favorite part is when it's towards the end. Where he's singing and I'm and I'm still inside you and it's just over drums and then the drums just kind yeah. of do the outro. It's probably my favorite part of the song. Very sparse, cool. very minimal. Yeah, I think his vocal minimal. performance is really nice, very pretty. Yeah, it's soft and nice. Yes, very um, melancholy. There's something about mm-hmm. it, but I wouldn't. I don't know. If people are gonna get mad. I wouldn't put it in my like top tier. <laughs> I think there's a reason why Trent Reznor is mixed on it and why it's tucked away on the vinyl or on international editions. Yeah. So, yeah. I think he I, liked it enough to release it. Obviously, but I agree. I it is a very nice song, but not not a song that I think of when I think of my the best Nine Inch Nails songs. I don't even know if I'd put it in my favorite. I mean, this isn't a B side. But I I'm, I don't know if I'd put it in my favorite. With these songs? Well, no, I was just thinking of. Um, oh, favorite non-album songs? Yeah, I mean, it is on the album, but it's yeah. also not. So I don't I even know if it's, I would put it iffy. in. Yeah, it's hard to describe. Gonna, it's not a B-side, but it kind of is. It's possible it could make like my top five with these songs. Maybe but I'm going to have to think about that later down the line. I really am undecided on that so far. Like what my top with T songs are. I don't know if I'd put it in that. So I uh, know I need I need more time to think on that. Yeah, I would too. And I'd have to honestly, like I have not because it's not streaming and because it's not on the CD and it's only on vinyl, I have not spent as much time with this I song know. as I should have. It's and honestly, I feel like well, whenever you rip it and we have a good uh yeah. I'll put it on my Spotify. I just got the Japanese C D literally delivered today mm-hmm. insanely fast and it has home and right where it belongs v2 so yeah, all... but having to go to like youtube and look it up really destroys the mood yeah, i'm gonna for rip, this song. rip those nice get some nice lossless versions of those so i will check back with you after i've sat with the song about 20 30 yeah. more times yeah. and let you know if it's uh if i've changed my mind on it because i'm a human and i change my mind a lot so yeah we we all do it yep okay i don't have anything L- else to L- say home... oh you already did the home life or did you? Did you talk about Home Life? Oh, no, I don't think I did. It uh, made its live debut on March 23rd, 2005, and was played during the Ninja Tour. And we saw it. Right. Mm-hmm. So it came back. It was used as an opener 
in, in, in I know on the Ninja era, mm-hmm. I don't know if it was ever used as an opener in 05. You can look up, up some cool videos of, of Trent coming out to home. I wasn't there, so many of our people were, and they're going to have to correct me. All I know is that Look, what, we're it, just dummies. it was used as an opener for some shows, which I think is a very bold choice. Coming out there and home is the first thing you play. Yeah, I don't know if that's really a crowd pumper. Like, I don't no, know. No, if... it's not. But <laughs> people, a lot of people love it. But it's really, it's a strong song. So. Yeah, that's a, that's a tough one. It's no terrible Sometimes line. I'm just like, when I'm at a show, I'm just like, play anything. I don't care. Yeah. I'm going to go see Depeche Mode again, and their set list is exactly the same as when we saw them in Chicago. <laughs> They're not putting a lot of effort. They're not putting Nine Inch Nails lever. They are not e- doing a, a Taylor effort. Swift eras. And here's what I think. My new thing now is if you are a band with a huge back catalog and fans who just adore you, maybe you should, if you've released, you know, 14, 15 albums, whatever, Play a rando track. How cool would it be to go see yeah, a random deep cut? Yeah, a random deep cut. Anyway, every night, just play one different song and keep the rest the same if you want. I don't care. But also, I understand that they are uh, 60 yeah, years old. They're so. getting up there. They probably don't want to do it. <laughs> yep. They don't want anyway. to learn 50 plus songs like Nin did for the most recent tour mm-hmm. or rework or whatever. Like, my God. Rearrange light shows and whatever. Yeah, they, they got to have the videos ready. Yep, uh, but I'm still excited to go, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, me yep. too. They could play anything. I wouldn't care. Dave could come out and just do his cover of uh, Nothing Else Matters, and I'd be fine with it. <laughs> I forgot about that <laughs> entirely. I've it's, never even heard it. Uh, it's, Probably don't need to. Anyway. Phoebe does it too. Okay. I heard that one. Uh, that's all I got. So. So. So one thing we have done for a while is to thank um, some other contributors to Nailed. So I want to thank uh, Tyler Snell, who does our artwork, and Christopher G. Brown, our intern. And speaking of Christopher. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> uh, he invited us to be guests on his podcast called uh, When Scary Met Stabby. Yeah, when when scary met stabby, mm-hmm. which is a funny title. Mm-hmm. This was fun to do. Yep, we talked about the menu. Yeah, they it's a horror uh, film podcast. This this podcast does horror movies every October. It's like an annual October only thing. Yes, <laughs> we talked about a really great movie called The Menu, mm-hmm. um, and it was fun. So check out when scary met stabby, mm-hmm. the menu episode. And Just thank you for one. having us on. <laughs> Yeah, thanks for having us on. Thanks for being the intern as well. Yes. Uh, So, Blake. New patrons? Yes. Shout outs to new patrons. Patreon updated their app. It's maybe marginally better, but hard to say. It's still only, it doesn't go that far back with new patrons, but it goes far enough. This is brand new, just as of today, a new patron named Aaron. Oh. Thank you, Aaron. Hi, Aaron. Thank you. Also new, Matthew, John, Lara, or Laura, probably Laura, sorry. How do you spell it? L-A-R-A. Lara, Lara, Laura. Lara, like Lara Croft, Tomb Raider. Mm -hmm. Or is it Laura Croft? Uh, Oh, Josepha. What's J-O-Z-E-F-A? Josepha? I'm going to say Josepha. Sorry. We could look it up, you know. 
How, how are we going to look it up? I look at Powder Brown's things all the time. Look, names are subjective. You can't look it up. Fine. Okay. The next, uh, Rob. Some of these people, okay, uh, I'm getting into the part where I can't remember who I already thanked, but Rob, probably Rob Sheridan. Yeah, probably, it's probably Rob Sheridan. Probably already made that joke last time. He's like, we're uh, getting to my era, so I got to listen. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So thank you to all of you. Thank you. Blake? If you want to be like them yeah. and get twice as many nailed episodes, there are now 50, 50 bonus episodes mm-hmm. where we go beyond the halos. Patreon.com slash nailedpod. All of our stuff is at nailedpod.com, including our Patreon link, uh, merch, and the, if you subscribe, you also get access to the Discord. You get discounts on all the merch. Mm-hmm. So get in our Discord and tell us that we're wrong and that home is God tier. <laughs> this I've, is what I've we talk about that. all day. <laughs> we talk about that and lots of other topics not just nen stuff that's right and you don't have to you know pay anything to support us you could also rate and review us on apple podcasts that's right you can give us five stars on spotify too has anyone ever replied to that question what question what did you think of this episode it's on spotify now like when you finish an episode it'll pop up no um i just wondered how do i tell i don't know that's what i was wondering can someone please just respond to that i really trial to let us know how we get that info i have no idea where it goes from there yeah i don't either so someone if that prompt comes up like i don't know if it's just some weird do you get it for every podcast yes weird Mm -hmm. well i don't listen to podcasts on spotify so i just recently got spotify for music so if you can find me on there you probably can't (laughs) but i'm on there Somewhere. If you're friends with me, they can find you. Okay. We're friends. If you're friends with Jessica, find me then. <laughs> uh, I think that's everything though. Oh, next bonus episode, we're going to go over, I don't really want to call them B-sides, but the- I do. Okay. We're going to call them, it's Blake's B-sides episode. B-sides, rarities. Mm-hmm. With teeth era. So like not so pretty now, not entity. Right where it belongs, uh, version two. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else? I know there's more. There's one that I'm going to make an argument could be related. What? What is? Are you going to say for the episode? A, it'll be a surprise. Okay, sounds good. Um, I'm sure there's. I think Maybe there might be one, one I'm forgetting. Maybe more than one that are tangentially related. Okay. I'll have to check my notes. Anyway, that's our next bonus up in the bonus feed, and then on the main feed we will be wrapping up with teeth, which is. bonkers to think we're wrapping up an album so fast i'm considering personally glad (laughs) we dragged it out too long with the fragile there was a lot to cover there's a lot going on and it was a huge album although i not one person said like you took too long so i don't think that's a complaint we've ever got so that's good i guess Mm. i'm glad people are cool with it (laughs) as long as we take even if i get the lyrics wrong Harem Spring. <laughs> Look, we've all been there, okay? Whatever. All right. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Thank you. Give me to read what I have in my notes. What? Or do you have a closing line? No, go ahead. Okay, hold on. Bye, bitches. Love you. <laughs> Didn't that make you feel better? <laughs> <laughs>